Well, hello there, you big 10-gallon cowboy hat. Well, hello there, my British beef eater. That is such a great track, isn't it? All the other kids better run. But it was about the Columbine shootings. Am I correct in saying that? Hell of a track, though. Uh, I got I get no idea. It's uh, Foster the People pumped up kicks. Uh, I just like the tune. I have no idea what its origins are. You're probably right. You, you're smarter than I am anyway. So we've agreed that. Let's move forward. Far smarter. That's me. Um, so Kanye is criticizing Musk for not believing in God. Although there are criticisms of Musk saying, well, what about Alex Jones? Why don't you let him back on? If it's going to be free speech, then it's got to be everyone. And then Elon Musk has replied, well, I've seen, I've had a child die in my arms. Anyone who makes jokes about dead children gets no mercy from me to which the response of course is your feelings don't matter it should be free speech so that's the argument but i've heard a counter argument saying actually elon's not letting alex jones back onto the platform because alex jones is currently going through legal proceedings and as i think you've mentioned he's got to take it slowly anyhow he can't um you know press a button on everything it has to be incremental any thoughts? I think that's probably a fair summary. I mean, given given all that's going on right now with Sam Harris, his cult, uh, Kanye and Milo seem to be on some sort of vendetta path against Trump. But I think Musk made a mistake when he personalized it with the death of his own child. And I think a lot of people are starting to push back and say, well, this is a bit of hypocrisy. You, you sort of said you were a free speech absolutist. But I agree with you. I think he's got a lot of liability and legal issues. And everybody is out to get him right now. Everybody on the left, everyone in Hollywood. I don't know if you saw the Alyssa Milano text. I mean, the tweet, that was freaking hilarious. If you haven't seen it, she says, uh, you know, in years past, she used to say, oh, he's one of the people I would just love to have dinner with. And Tesla's the greatest thing in the world. And now she's out with her propaganda stuff saying, well, I sold my Tesla and I bought a VW. And, um, you know, everybody had to quickly point out to her that VW was founded by the Nazis and white supremacy. So just the self-own there. I think there's a lot of stuff going on. I think Elon, you know, every once in a while he slips up, but... Um, and he shows some some sort of counter characteristics. But I think Jones will be back. And I think Jones even put a video out saying, hey, don't demonize Musk right now. You know, support this free speech platform. We've got our own platforms. We're, we're still running. But uh, don't go after Musk for this. He's got a lot of other stuff on his plate right now. And I think probably the legal liability is the biggest one. But they can't come out and say it especially with the awards that have been uh, given against Jones. And that's not even the original reason why he was deplatformed from Twitter in the first place with his Sandy Hook comments. He was deplatformed for something completely different. And it was only years later that they figured out how they could get him. 
Yeah, really civil response from Alex Jones there. I read about that. Um, and it was, what I really liked about it is it was a good reminder to all of us of don't focus on the details, look at the big picture. There's a lot going on, pull it into context, take a high altitude, look at it. You know, because um, unfortunately we do zoom down to the fine granular, don't we? And find fault. I think we all do. And so that was a really, yeah, I really liked his response. It was just uh, a bit more expansive than most people think, including myself, you know. Um, so I thought that was really good. And as we're finding, actually, a lot of things, God, how, how, how often in the media does something or just in, you know, the current affairs pop up? People have a massive knee-jerk reaction and then it kind of gets resolved. I'm not saying sorted or fixed or whatever, but the issue gets clarified or, or resolved. I, I heard that a left-wing uh, comedian got just an outright ban on Twitter recently. I say comedian because what they actually did was made some uh, social political commentary and then at the end of it said, you know, and uh, personally strangle everyone in Palestine or something like that. And it got taken down. So people are now jumping onto that saying, oh, look, this got banned. There shouldn't be any banning. But um, again, it just takes one rogue actor in the organization to press the button and then these stories spiral out of control. So we will see. Anyhow, in other news, our previous episode hasn't been published on Spotify yet. Any thoughts why? And now I'm not getting conspiratorial. I'm wondering if it's just because we had music on the end of it. What do you think? I'll, I'll, I'll go in reverse order. I think Occam's Razor, yeah, it's probably something silly like that. An algorithm just didn't publish it on Spotify. We either played too much of a song or it was copyrighted in some way. Um, as to the Alex Jones stuff, yeah, I agree. I think, uh, but but I also think this is the business model of the media and the memory hole and how these stories disappear. It's like I was saying to you about the Colorado shooting. Once that guy came out as LGBTQ+, well, that story disappeared overnight. I'm not saying it got sorted, not saying it got resolved. I'm just saying it doesn't fit the narrative that they want to push. And, um, you know, the one, the one piece I wanted to talk to you about today is Sam Harris and his cult. And, you know, he didn't get banned from Twitter, but he just left Twitter. And he was sort of resisting the democratization of truth, if you will. It's sort of like deja vu all over again, like you say, it just takes one person. And, uh, you know, I'm starting to think just some of this neoliberalism, I haven't quite formulated the question in my head yet, but does it threaten democracy just in its sort of unipolarness? Like, you know, I know we've talked about team A, team B, but uh, it's, a, it's pretty wild out there. And I think Elon's trying to walk the tightrope right now. And I think they're gonna do everything they can to, you know, if a left-wing comedian gets banned or a right-wing comedian gets banned, they're going to throw it all at him. And I think this is what Dorsey had to deal with for years. And Dorsey could never sort of wrap his head around it, both internally and externally. And I think Elon's now going to have to do that. Well, having to accommodate both sides and wrap your head around it does call back to what you said about the Colorado shooter. And you're right, that story went cold. And, okay, the truth is, you know, on, from what I've seen, no, he wasn't. 
transgender at all. He was making a point. And it, it's amazing, really, how, you know, he, he did that terrible deed, but then he can turn around and go, ah, but I am transsexual. So now where's your argument? And the whole argument just, it hit the sands really fast. And that could have been an opportunity for the discussion, couldn't it? You know, leading into the fact of, no, we're not, we're not saying all transgender males are rapists, but rapists will pretend to be transgender, you know, flip on its head. And it could have been an opportunity to show how bloody complicated this gets, despite the whole, you know, redefining what known words mean, even putting that aside, just how tweaking a couple of factors can make a mockery of the whole thing. And it can be, uh, it can be really abused. And that could have been a great opportunity for that debate to start. But it wasn't, was it? It's too complicated. And it just got shut down immediately, as you said. And as for Jack Dorsey and Musk trying to have to um, deal with all of this now, yeah, and made impossible if people are going to change terms or just argue semantics all the time rather than get into the nub of what are we trying to achieve and what are we actually trying to express here instead they you know just spin the terminology and uh, it's crazy that we let that happen actually redefining known terms so then all debate just becomes bollocks so yeah really hard task how do you deal with it I don't know. Well, I think this is one of the general problems in society today with the, I don't know what you call it, the sort of the politics or the culture wars. Um, <clears throat> you know, these legal minds on the left and the right, they introduce these terms. They uh, look for some sort of legal protection. And our politics have really moved to the courts, right? There was a really good series a few years back on the BBC, one of the top, uh, I don't know if he sits on the Privy Council or he's just one of the top judges, uh, prosecutors. He did a series, uh, it's called the Wreath Lectures on BBC. People can find it out there. Uh, and he talks about this and he talks about how politics or the pol politis politis politicization, can I speak today? Um, has really moved into the legal world. And I think that's what you're seeing with Musk. I think you saw with Dorsey. I think you see with Jones. And all of this needs to be put back to the public in the general sense of democracy of, you know, let's vote these people out if we don't agree with this stuff. But they're so clever in how they go about fighting these wars legally to show uh, team A wins or Team B loses or vice versa, like you say. And uh, there's a there's a really good lecture. There's a guy I've been reading a lot about recently, John Mersheimer. He's one of the guys who predicted the Ukraine war. He does a whole lecture series years ago about, you know, why leaders lie, the truth about lying, international politics, domestic lying. And uh, he sort of explains the whole rationale behind it. Uh, so it's worth a listen if you haven't heard it. But yeah, I don't have the answer either. I just wish we could move back to more of a civilized society. And it's not us and them. It's more of a, you know, hey, we're in this together. Let's 
you know, most, most people don't want to have these conversations every day. And, and let me just pause it too, since you obviously don't want to address Sam Harris being destroyed by your uh, love of the trigonometry guys, uh, Constantine and uh, Francis. Um, should we even label it left and right anymore? I mean, does just does, does do the labels even make sense going forward? I don't know why you feel I love the trigonometry guys. Is it because I recommended something? <laughs> no, I, I think they're really not that funny, but they've done very well at listening, haven't they? It, what is nice is they did come onto the YouTube space as like laymen, like all of us, just saying, just asking what what's going on. No. So no, I don't have a love for them. You can stop that. However, yeah, the um, Sam Harris, I mean, they are, they admire Sam Harris. I think a lot of people do and have done for years because of his, you know, he's an articulate um, debater and thinker. But uh, yeah, during that podcast, he was digging a hole and they gave him every opportunity to scramble out of it and he didn't take it. And <laughs> you could even see KK saying, Hang on, Sam, we were going to move on, but you've just said something which might be misconstrued there. So can I just clarify that you are actually saying, and it was the whole thing about uh, curtailing democracy, if you feel that you're in the right, basically. And uh, I understand that he's disappeared off Twitter and Gadsad Gad Gad has spoken about him retreating into a hole and he's uh, uncontactable. And yeah, I do wonder, I mean, Sam, what needs to be remembered about his Hunter Biden comments is that Sam does like to get a laugh from the crowd. He, uh, and and I think, you know, in, in the back channel, we were talking about how comedians manage to get so much from other people. I think it's because comedians are disarming, you know, um, that's their craft. And not in a sly way, but they are disarming in that they tell you to leave your, pre leave your prejudices at the door if you want to engage in this kind of talk, maybe that's why they're so successful, successful in debate. Uh, do you, so Sam Harris, he said some pretty contentious things. He slipped off the radar. I'm wondering, does he still have a following and is he going to come back to the mainstream or do you think this is his death tome? Well, let me answer the, last bit you say there first uh yeah i think this is the end of him and uh yeah i think he does still have a following he did that like waking up with sam harris podcast or something like that years ago they tried to link him to the intellectual dark web if you remember that with peterson and rogan and these guys harris sort of always disassociated himself but i think he's the perfect example of people who rise to fame and then get called out for their hypocrisy and it's like living in a cult right it's they oppose critical thinking you know his interview he was very much happy to isolate members of the public and then penalize them for it uh, he's got all these sort of special doctrines and outside scriptures and you know secularism atheism he's uh he's sort of inappropriate in a lot of ways and goes against a lot of the sort of traditional boundaries of Western behavior, but that's what made him famous. And then 
you know, to, to get called out on your thoughts and your theories with a basic question and not be able to handle it, I found amazing. And I think that's, he's had some now self um, introspection and he's gone, holy cow, maybe I'm full of S. And they didn't do it maliciously, like you say. They gave him every chance to get out of it. And uh, he couldn't backtrack. He was so, he showed so many characteristics of narcissism, fascism, control. He was happy with anything. And I, I, I agree with you. I think his Hunter Biden comments, that was sort of tongue in cheek about the dead children in the basement. I think he was going for a laugh there. But then he couldn't back up any of the other comments. And I think that's what he's now had to go back and self-reflect on. So in my opinion, I would never listen to him again or even take him serious. And I bet there's a whole lot of people who feel the same way. And it's just sad because, you know, you, 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 no one, the, the nuance of argument, everything is so, to use your term, absolute these days. We, we need to get back to, hey, well, let's forgive and forget. And people say stupid stuff from time to time. Yeah, I think you're right about reading the interview. He said, <laughs> whether it, it slipped or not, maybe he, he, he himself is unable to draw the disconnect between what he extols and what he's actually doing, which is shaking your fist, basically, and saying, no, I don't want it and tried to justify it and tried to argue it because maybe, yeah, for that moment, he kind of recognized it that, mm, actually, I don't have a leg to stand on by saying that, uh, yes, we should, what's the word, tweak the election to get the result we want. This is basically what he was saying. And your words of fascism and control are not underused there because that is pretty it. Um, so, yeah, maybe that was a point of a uh, moment of clarity for him. Does anyone really go back into their bedroom, though, and think, hmm, maybe, I, I, maybe I am an arsehole? Yeah, maybe they do. I know I have. <laughs> I expect you have too. So maybe that's going to happen uh, with, with Sam as well. But, you know, can you really write off the guy? Is it, does that mean that his argument, my question to you is, okay, he said some one thing that you don't agree with. Does that mean that the whole bedrock of his thinking is on shaky ground and so he, so he shouldn't be listened to for anything? Really? Even though he's really off mark with this one aspect doesn't doesn't mean that we just really can't listen to him on anything surely he has something of value still to say question mark just trying to think how how best to answer that but yeah of course i go to i go to bed every night thinking i'm an asshole i go to bed every night reflecting on everything i've done in the day and uh how can i be a better person uh, and not that I'm right or wrong or indifferent to a lot of these things, but I think there, um, when you rise to that level of um, public influence, I think you better be able to hold your own in your argument. You take Dawkins, you take Pinker, you take Hitchens, you take uh, Douglas Murray, you take uh, Ben Shapiro, you take Rogan, you take uh, even Tim Dillon as a comedian. I mean, these guys are all able to articulate and have a sound point of view. And when 
someone who's considered an intellectual or privileged or an influencer on society can't back up their arguments, uh, yeah, I think that's, that's pretty sad. And uh, I think it causes to question. I'm sure he has a lot to offer uh, to society. But, you know, again, I think he grew up in a cult. I think he grew up in Hollywood. I think he grew up in L.A., and these people have this sort of narcissistic uh, moral superiority complex uh, to the rest of the country, to the rest of the world. And they've bought into these ideas. And when the ideas get challenged and they fall apart, they don't know what to do. They don't know how to respond. Thomas Sowell, if you've ever read any of his stuff, he's a great intellectual mind. Um, you know, he, he makes the same case. And there are a lot of other authors who make it. And uh, yeah, I think he's done. I think, I think, you know, his influence over society is gone. But that's not to say he doesn't have something to offer or he can't redeem himself. I believe in redemption and I believe, you know, he should be afforded a second chance. Just like the guys in trigonometry, they weren't malicious to him. They just, you know, they gave him a chance and he couldn't come up with it. He's so far up his own ass. He can't. There's, there's no self-realization. So maybe he needs to listen to some of his own podcasts and wake him, wake himself up. How's that? Yeah, wake yourself up, Sam. Dangerous, though, isn't it? Because it means that every step of your thinking, you've got to have it tight. Because if somebody pulls out one of the bricks from underneath, your whole career is down the drain, as we see. Right, all good fun. What's your song? I agree. <clears throat> That's what makes free speech so great, is that you can have the debate and you can learn from one another and tighten up your arguments. And that is the beauty of free speech. Here we go. In honor of Sam Harris, let me take us out. <laughs>